This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by everyone who donated to make Duckstream 2016 a resounding success. We raised almost $12,000 for the Transactive Gender Center here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, thank you so much. And on to the show. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to a Watch Out for Fireballs uh, live episode recap. Yeah, we're here talking about the uh, aftermath of the uh, uh, Portland Retro Games Expo 2016. And don't PRGE worry. election oh, year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that was uh, one of yep. the funniest things that uh, that came up. Yep. The pur- purge election year. That, that yep. was certainly a movie that existed. But uh, we went out to Portland, or I went out to Portland. Gary remained in Portland, and we talked about uh, Pokemon Yellow with some nice people. We did. Yeah. yeah. And it's only a couple days after that. Uh, we're still both a little bit um, dragged <laughs> down. By the experience, because it's it's something that I think we talked about in the the live episode after the Austin thing, but it's mm. you know it's work, yeah, you know, it's fun work, uh, feels good, but it is uh, very draining. Yeah, it is. It is the highlight of my year, and I cannot wait for it to be over once I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, um, and that sounds completely ungenerous, but you have to understand that podcasting is uh, sol- solitary work, um, and uh, man, being on is very difficult sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> And and just you know yelling over music for two days, yeah, like forty eight yeah. hours straight of like not being in a room where loud music is you know yeah isn't playing. At least we weren't um, yelling yelling over loud music during our panel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and even then the music was not as loud as it could have been. True. Um. So for for that, I guess. Thank you. So <laughs> so we we're gonna just kind of talk about the weekend a little bit, and then we've got um a few responses as well. Mm-hmm. Um. After that, but uh, first we wanted to kind of talk about uh what this was, and one of the things I think is the over an overwhelming theme of this. Um. And this is true of Austin too, but I think we'll continue to get more true, is that uh, these do get smoother mm-hmm. as we go, like uh less you know kind of last minute scrambling and disasters and. You know, everything kind of moves a little bit quicker. Yeah. Uh, so, so you got into town uh, on Thursday. Yep. Weekend before, and uh, had a nice, uh, lovely, uh, lovely dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, uh, I, with, with I had our... Ethiopian food for the first time, um, yeah. which is like eating, eating Indian food with a pancake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a very strange, spongy, like sourdough <laughs> pancake. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. a that's a thing that happens when I'm out there, though. I kind of expand my horizons, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Next uh, next time you next year we're gonna get you an Ethiopian bride. So you can you can try that. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We need to expand your horizons. Yeah. Um the uh so that was very fun. And then uh, I was excited because I was able to take you to uh so every year, you know, I try with game group we go out to haunted house. Uh this year, uh this up as we're recording this, this upcoming Sunday we're going to uh something called uh wait, it's like it's like Nightmare. It's not. It's Fear Factory. Going the, <laughs> okay. Going to the Fear Factory, yeah, which is you were about uh, to say Nightmare Factory, which I think I, was something that came out alongside Creepy Crawlers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and this is uh, like an actual house that someone's converted to a big haunted house. I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. And that's like a like an interactive adventure game experience kind of thing, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll know more once I do it. Um, but that meant not going to Fright Town, which I've gone to every year since I've moved here. 
So I was glad that you were going to be in town because none of my friends wanted to double dip on the the spooks. Yeah, uh, yeah. this year, but I figured you'd be down for for double dip in the spooks. Oh, I mean, single, single yeah, single dipping. Um, I I'm not going to get a chance to go probably uh, to go up to the King's Island one this year. Um, mm-hmm. so this is my uh, this is my single dose of spooks. It was fun. They're, like they 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 know what they're doing. Um, it's good good spooks. Yeah, really good spooks. I don't want to I don't want to ruin too much of anything, but uh, one of the most effective things was a repurposed insanity tunnel from the uh, from the Lovecraft thing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the the Lovecraft haunted house they did last year, uh which even though I was not turning upside down, it made me feel like I was. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I want if I had a, like a, a huge mansion and a huge basement, I would install one of those in my basement. <laughs> and like what it is is like imagine, you know, a, gig- a gigantic like toilet paper tube. Uh, with kind of a, a spiral pattern on it mm-hmm. uh, that surrounds your entire your entire metal walkway right. that is turning. And that's all that's going on. But it is so <laughs> disorienting to not have a point of reference that it makes you feel like you are spinning with it. You know, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Yeah, um, uh, it is. It is just really hard to describe exactly how effective and impactful it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I talk so much about how uh, how much of a dizzy boy I am. Um, mm. and you were behind me and you probably saw me, uh, bracing. Like I almost took a knee at one point. Well, I, I, I did too. Like that's yeah. like, and everybody does when you go through it, like you yeah. can walk through it be like, oh, this isn't going to get me. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is you could probably walk through with your eyes closed and just be fine. Not even know yeah, anything's yeah. going on. Um, but the, uh, it is, it is just a really, really intense effect. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of cool stuff this year. They, they rotated out the Lovecraft one, which bums me out, but they replaced it with a big scary mansion. <laughs> um, which, you know, I'm, I'm very weak to big scary mansions. Yes. That's and, super uh, effective. And, you know, had, had a lot of like the hallmarks of a spooky mansion, like a, a <laughs> you know, dining table lovingly set with rotting food, um, which I'm always going to love. Um, yeah. you know, a, a, a mad science, like a dark science kind of section with, with subjects <laughs> and cages. Vivisection. Like and, yeah. Yep. A lot of, yep. uh, like, like strobe light, uh, shaky head kind of stuff, like a J horror yeah. Jacob's ladder kind of thing. Um, and two, two different houses that had like walking through hanging bodies and meat (laughs) things that were like, and some of the people were like actual, some were mannequins and some were people, Yep. uh, which is the thing you're scared of when you're walking through a hanging gallery of bodies (laughs) is that some of them might be alive. Uh, so that, that got me real good too. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so two things that we came away from that with, and if if there, if there are any, uh, aspiring haunted house designers out there, uh, here, here are the takeaways. I'll do mine. Uh, use the Y axis. Um, like, you know, use height to your advantage, like get people to look up and then scare them with something below. Um, there Mm -hmm. were so many great things that, uh, that kind of, uh, took advantage of kind of guiding your eye up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and then yeah, the, the, I, the other one, the, uh, the, the, the wetness, right? Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the, the wetness. Yeah. The, um, because <laughs> the, uh, when they would have these kind of models, um, that one ended with something that looked like a prop quality, like doom monster. Yeah. Like, like a really, really high quality doom monster. And the reason why it did, you know, looked real as opposed to kind of shitty was that it was wet. <laughs> You're going to have your organic like monsters and everything. They should be wet. Uh, you know, if they're dry, <laughs> it looks like foam. You know, this uh, did not look like foam. Yeah. No. Which was super, super <laughs> great. Like it was, it was a good, every year they do do a great, great yeah. job. I was uh, very uh, happy to finally get, finally get a chance to go. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. So I like <laughs> those guys quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Friday, you know, we got set up mm-hmm. everything, uh, which was really, really quick. Um, got the big table this year. Yeah. Luxury table. Nice to be nice. able to, uh, to stretch out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and we got the uh, the Pokemon thing set up, which uh, set up the board. And I guess we'll talk about it when we get into it. But that did not work out the way I expected it to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which is which is fine. Yeah. Again, there's no no governing body we're beholden to. Yeah. Um, so that night uh, we do whenever we do this, we have kind of a, a friends only. We do a public meetup and then we do kind of a friends karaoke mm-hmm. uh, party. And that was really fun this year as well. Yes. Uh, I think that, that yeah. was successful and smooth um again a couple of people dropped out which is a bummer yeah uh, but it was super fun yeah uh you tried it out your halloween costume i did <laughs> uh that was like uh i didn't know whether i was going to do that i wanted to get some drinks because it's uh as being somebody who's like semi-self-conscious uh, uh-huh. my halloween costume which there are pictures of now um as the the ken levine golden mean um is a skin tight like i bought a raver tight uh golden shirt <laughs> it's not a costume shirt it's supposed to be just for people to go to dance clubs and wear this like super tight golden shirt and it's <laughs> it's an xl but it it just hugs my frame uh in its entirety yep. so it leaves nothing to the imagination yeah uh whatsoever <laughs> and uh i was a little bit a little bit nervous about it but decided to do it after getting a couple drinks yeah in me uh and that was super fun mm-hmm. um yeah i think i think it was like it was a again just smooth is the word for like this <laughs> yep. whole weekend you know because yeah. it just like without a hitch you know like in the past like that's always been fun and like pretty cool but every once in a while there would be a thing where like oh like some people like didn't get to sing or some of my friends are there and they're not meshing really well with like my prge friends yeah they're doing fine but they're just kind of talking to themselves and this seemed Mm -hmm. like everybody was kind of like in good spirits and you know uh uh, just kind of uh participating along for the ride and our pop-up uh comment game was on point that was really fun. Yes, yeah, everybody's... Yeah. Bob is the MVP of that, I think. <laughs> I don't think anybody does that better than Bob does. So go, go, go Bob Mackey. Yep. Uh, in that in that respect. like, um, So that's, you know, if people don't know, at Voicebox Karaoke, you can do little pop-up video messages, and we just use them to make jokes. Um, that's how we got Riff to come out. Uh, <laughs> just kind of tempt him with the uh, making jokes, because he does not sing right. in public. But um, yeah, that was great. Yeah. It was very fun. Yeah. Saturday was the show. Um, yep. and Saturday is the long day. Like there's a huge crush of people right at the beginning. The line goes almost all the way down the, uh, the length of the Oregon convention center. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, boy, oh boy, that first hour, nobody's interested in us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cause well, cause it's, they do a, an hour where you can get in, um, you can pay to get that hour extra access. Mm-hmm. And that is meant to appeal, I think, to people who are like hunting down treasures. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's mostly for shopping. Um, but I also think that's kind of weirdly silly, you know, <laughs> just because like with the, it's such a weird, uh, proposition, these things, because, uh, I can get, so I, there were a bunch of things I was looking for that were kind of video game related. Um, after I didn't get them, find them at the show, I just went home and bought them on eBay for about the prices they would be at the show. Right. And in some cases cheaper. So like, <laughs> uh, one of the big things I was looking for this year was like, I, you know, I like weird old handhelds. I'm going to get a game com. Because I want to play that weird Resident Evil 2. Yeah. That's on Gamecom. And uh, I found the game. There's like 25 bucks at the show, but I couldn't find the system. Mm-hmm. And then I went home and bought the game and the system for like 50 bucks total. Yeah. And the, the game was like eight bucks in package. Oh, wow. You know, on Amazon. Like, it was, <laughs> like they're not rare. There's no there's no scarcity right. with a lot of this stuff. Um, so the people who are getting in for that, I don't think they're looking for the things that are actually unique to the show, which are like the weird stuff. Right. You know, like the, either the art which like that section is always kind of like less populated than the dealers mm-hmm. um, or just the like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Right. You know, that's kind of the, the, uh, the actual unique draw, I think. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a little 
it's a little bit baffling. And I always feel like a jerk when I'm standing at one of those booths, like checking the price of something um, yeah. right in front of the people. Like I will try and walk a little ways down and then come back. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it, it is a, it is a strange phenomenon. Like there was only one thing that you specifically, like every, everybody had clocked this, uh, this uh like arcade mural kind of thing like the uh like the, the marquee yeah the marquee there we go um for dungeons and dragons tower of doom right yes um and uh like that was spoken for like some texas tycoon billionaire yeah like, man like the, the oil guy from simpsons got it <laughs> yeah. and ga- and he like he did a power move where he was like you know i'll give you a hundred bucks to sell ship this to me in in dallas <laughs> yeah. yeah so so he got that and that was like i, I really wanted I need that. it for my oil barn yeah the, the, yeah these are the towers of doom environmental doom <laughs> like i and i really wanted to have that above my bedroom door because like oh yeah tower of doom pretty good <laughs> and it was it was it was beyond my novelty you know price it was like 45 bucks but i probably would have got it yeah. um you know but sadly I, d- I didn't get a chance to do that um i found a guy also who had the long box version of kingsfield which i've been looking for but it was also sold Mm. Um, to somebody and that person like had a sold sticker on it and that person was just going to an ATM or something. It wasn't like a, oh, a yeah. Texas billionaire strikes again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh like I'm Larry Butterman. You're your Texas twin and I'm here to take oh, no, all your the, shit. It's the country mouse version of Gary. No, Larry <laughs> Butterman. <laughs> um yeah, it it was not a Larry Butterman striking again, luckily. I hate um, that guy. Yeah, he's he's the worst. He keeps on doing donuts um, on my front lawn. It's awful. Yeah, man. It's, he's <laughs> he does everything I want to do, but can't. Um, <laughs> what um what uh let's talk about what we did uh, did pick up as far as the show, and then talk about kind of booth interactions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we did was, and I think we talked about this in the in the main episode last week, um, is we had a TV set up with uh, with Pokemon Yellow on an emulator, a uh, little controller swinging around the front. And we are trying to, uh, uh, as a convention, uh, get everybody to catch as many Pokemon as possible. And we walked in, like we had a little thermometer on the side of this chart. I had a chart with all the Pokemon, like, oh, we're going to cross it off. We're going to fill up the, the the thermometer. I was thinking, if we get 100, I'll feel okay. Like, we're not going to get all 136 that you can get in yellow. Yeah. Um, but uh, if we get 100, that'll be fine. Yeah. And, and we got 30. Uh, <laughs> which is like is totally you know just misjudging the thing and the, the, it did what it needed to do right? right so like for our purposes like that's a fun kind of uh idea mm-hmm. but we wanted people to come by the booth yeah um, and, and this, uh, we this, wanted to talk about pokemon <laughs> like it, it killed for that yeah right like this thing like drew people people saw the sign and so you see those those 151 <laughs> and there is like i feel like pokemon almost has never been more popular than it is now right like even in the height of pokemania it's kind of bonkers like <laughs> you could i feel like every other shirt was a pokemon shirt i don't uh, know if that's like blue, like blue car syndrome kind of thing like just because i'm i've got pokes on the brain um yeah. but you're absolutely right like every little kid was walking around in a pikachu hoodie there there were um even it, it's somewhere between like a a blue car and an actual thing because there were definitely more more single shirts of that than any other property mm-hmm I think I, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, tons of Pikachu, every merchandise at every booth full of Pokemon. Yeah. Um, this year was the first year I saw like a really significant um, like ROM hack and fan game presence. Oh, yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Like several booths had these like, you know, Pokemon, you know, quartz and like these weird kind of <laughs> fan made versions. Of Pokemon stuff. Pink, so, like, Pokemon Black Orb yeah, Edition. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. So like so much Pokemon. So it worked <laughs> in that respect. It just didn't work uh, in people catching a bunch of them. And the reason being uh, is that generation one is <laughs> a huge slog. Um, you know, we had first of all, we had to like cheat and get it. So we had unlimited Pokeballs, right. which we should have set up from the beginning, but but didn't because mm-hmm. cash is so tight. Yeah. And that game and, and for no particular good it, reason. Yeah, it's, a, it's basically a finite resource. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's super tight and also really hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And then there would just be long like somebody couldn't just like pick up the game and just kind of catch something. There are long stretches where there's like nothing to catch really. Right. Or you nothing know, they, new to catch. Yeah. Like, you just have to kind of to grind around. Yeah. And new areas uh, where you might be able to catch some new mons. Um, those are behind some of the most tedious dungeons in video games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And this is all stuff we talked about in the episode last week. Yeah. Uh, at least briefly. Yeah. But um, we, like, but we had some heroes, some real heroes who just kind of like soldiered through all of the Zubats and Geo dudes. Yeah. Some people <laughs> who were just kind of like uh, hung out and did it, and it, you know, so it it worked even if we caught far fewer than we thought. Yeah. We would catch. Yeah. Um. um so I, that was good. I don't. So I don't know. Did I do something like that? Like that sign? Like if people would come up. Like did they would fixate on it and you know, just like like laser sight in, go up, stand at it, look for about mm, let's say five beats, and then look at me and say, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just uh, it, something going on with Pokemon. Yeah. You know, like it's not like the the sign, and this is not, you know, a a slight. Mm-hmm. The the sign is is just the the Pokemon poster right. with all the Pokemon on it, with just a couple yep. of them without it on there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like so people know what we're talking about. Like it's not a designed thing. It's not like a drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a bunch of Pokemon with some crossed out. Right. And I think that it's just like, oh, something's going on with Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Why like, is, why is my favorite Pokemon crossed out? Or do you do you not like him? Is he gone? What well, happened? Yes. But also <laughs> um like uh the yeah, so it was um, it definitely like just drew people to it more than the game mm-hmm. did, which is weird. Like, cause we had it running on like a big, you know, a big TV and stuff. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it was surprising how effective this was at getting people to come up and, and look at the booth. Right. I think that for future years, when we decide what we're going to do for next year, um, or future live shows, uh, this is something to keep in mind. Like we obviously can't do Pokemon again, right? but having some kind of, uh, whatever the public presence is having it right up there as kind of a big poster with you know big uh big graphics from the thing right might might get people more pop- people to stop by yeah I, I like designing those big things like that's that's a lot of fun um yeah, yeah. so it, like it was pretty much just like a big long weekend of of that at the booth like it, yes. it, it was it, it was a huge parade of kids something i noticed and you know uh, nick who was so gracious as to help us out this weekend um also kind of remarked on this a lot of people who came up like already knew about us like like our consistent presence there has actually started to like pay dividends in a weird way yeah yeah and i think i mean this happened last year too you know where people would come up and and there are people who i recognize who'll pop up and it's like oh these are once a year friends yeah you know like i I recognize this person but they're not uh i don't maybe don't remember their name but Mm -hmm. it's like oh i associate them with this place yeah um and see them here and it's like it's working you know in the same way that all of our, you know, the entirety of our approach <laughs> to growing the network has worked where it's like a little bit every time. Yeah. You know, like we haven't, uh, when we did the live show, the actual panel, it wasn't like, you know, we had the sea change and the room was filled. It was like, oh, there are five more people here than there were last year. <laughs> you know, five, <laughs> five, five, five to seven more people. Yeah. You know, so um, we're, it's this, the, this weird. And then that can be disheartening when you walk by and you see the line around the, the convention for Peanut Butter Boy. 
Yeah. You know, so there's still there's still that aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, but slow and steady. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's that's what we we'll, got going. For we'll us. always find something to feel bad about. <laughs> it. I mean, I don't even feel bad about it. I think yeah. it's just it's working out for us. It's mm-hmm. just it wouldn't work out for somebody less patient. Yeah. Uh, than than we're being. Mm-hmm. about it and that was true you know people were consistently at the booth which was really great yeah and several of the people had already you know who knew about us who, you know and that was really great as well mm-hmm. uh but it wasn't you know again it wasn't uh we didn't have like a a, a malcolm gladwell tipping point thing <laughs> right. that happened you know to magically transform us into peter butter men <laughs> you know <laughs> we're still peanut butter zygotes we have not become <laughs> peanut butter boy or peanut butter man <laughs> so yeah yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. Tr- I'm trying to think of any other like stuff that happened at the booth like that again was just kind of smooth sailing yeah it's very it's very sweet it's very nice that people come up and and you know and and have heard of the show and, and yeah. everything and it's really nice too that whenever i'm always uh kind of taken aback and and cued it out when people are nervous because it's like yeah, don't, don't be nervous on me it's <laughs> me um it's like... but it is very sweet and it is just very like oh yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, it, it it is nice. And for anybody who says, "Oh, this feels weird," yes, it feels weird for us too. It's, a, <laughs> I mean, it's a little, it's a little bit weird, but it's still, you know. Oh, it's great! It's, it's great. Yeah, it's very nice. And again, don't do it for us, but no. if, it, if it would feel, if you know, if we're doing a live appearance and it would feel good to come up and say hi, mm-hmm. um, and chat with us about something for a little bit, like please do it because yes. it's, you know, it's a little bit surreal mm-hmm. uh, for us, um, but it's also, you know. We're not going to bite your head off. It's yeah. never, it never bothers me. Like some people would apologize for, like I had to, I felt bad. I was talking to um, a gentleman, like I had to go get lunch before our panel. Yep. And I was like, Hey, you know, I hate to, excuse me, I have to go. And he like was just like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, no, you know, <laughs> no, it's really... literally, it is okay. It's just, you know, I, I'm sorry that I, I have to run. Yeah. You know, it is not, uh, it is a, okay. You're not bugging me. Right. Um, so it is, uh, that was just, that was very sweet. And that's, you know, that's the most fun, probably the best part of the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's probably the most fun thing in aggregate. Yeah, is just uh, just talking to people and they they show up. Um, lots of little, you know, because we had Pokemon. Uh, there is an element of like, you know, hey kids, we got the rare candy. Come come on up and <laughs> you know, snatch a bite. Like, and then we had to, you know, so lots of explaining to parents that like, yeah. you know, your kid might have like an abject suffering button, but look out because if <laughs> the kid like Google's that and then like learns about cummies from us, I want you to teach them about cummies when they're like of appropriate age. Right. You know, it should either be your, you or the state. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you know, in, in a, in a better kind of an education system, they would learn about cummies at school. Since parents have the we're, state we're rights issues. Like, yeah, exactly. Parents have to deal with that, but don't let abject suffering teach your kids about cummies. And, and I was trying to like, give that I think, disclaimer. I think Willie Nelson wrote that song. <laughs> don't, don't let your babies grow up to be cummies. Um, oh. Don't you let your cummies grow up to be cowboys also. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> life begins at cummies. That's a weird, that'd be, that'd be a weird tax. Like in this culture, like I want to, I want to go to like a, uh, like a, uh, outside an abortion <laughs> clinic with a sign that just says like every cummy is precious. And then like a picture of like a leather daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop. Yeah, what do they do? <laughs> What's that guy's thing? Um, but I just, I hope that next my hope is that next year somebody throws a glass of blood on us uh, because their kid learned about cummies from us. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I know we had Pokemon at the table, but <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a cultural phenomenon now. Let us explain. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I feel like um, I feel like we were very good because everybody likes free stuff. Nobody can believe that we're giving away stickers and buttons for free. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like, yeah, we got some varsity level ideas here. Like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the um, there's something. Uh, one of my favorite things with that is a, a little kid came up. He's a very shy, little like awkward teen boy. And, uh, you know, he's looking at all the stuff and I'm like, Hey, take anything you like, you know, before I go get into the actual mm -hmm. pitch. And, uh, the kid kind of shook his head like solemnly no, cause he didn't want anything because he's smart. Uh, cause usually at these things, you know, I, I hate getting handed like a, a postcard or something like that. Oh, God. Um, or something yeah. like that, like where it's, you know, here you throw this away. <laughs> um, and like, I just don't usually need buttons. So I'm pretty selective right. in my buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, not to disparage the people who are not. You know, who are just picking up the buttons just to pick them up. Yeah. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, but this kid didn't want one. And his dad, like, gave him like, this look of disgust, grabbed one <laughs> of, like, the down with the quickness buttons and then uh, pinned it on his son like he was giving him the Congressional Medal of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, you know, you take this. Like, you don't turn down a free button, you know. And, and I don't know if I... I hope I didn't make a face or something when the kid said no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he wasn't oh, doing no, it for the, me. The, I, the sad man. <laughs> The sad yeah. man wants you to take a button. Yeah, I, I don't think it was for me, but it was it was very funny. Yeah. And then of the that of all buttons, like yeah, oh great. Um, <laughs> that one's actual, been around uh, for like three years now. It's great. Yeah, it doesn't you know. So every once in a while, I'll see one at the convention, and it's like <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, actual panel itself, you heard the the audio of it. By the time you're hearing this, um, I think went pretty smooth. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. No. Uh, no worries there. Yeah. Um. Saturday night, we have the meetup um, yes. at uh, Quarter World, which is uh, yes. really cool. It is less of a panic attack than uh, the ground control. Yeah, it's a little less dense. Yeah. You know, it has a little bit more more space and everything. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, but And I didn't, uh, that night, I didn't play anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, pl I played like a little... one game of pinball, and that was it. Yeah. I still feel a little sick from the day before, being a little hungover from karaoke night. Yeah, uh, not like Austin hungover, but a little bit hungover. <laughs> and uh, so I, I stayed for a few hours, but then had to kind of duck out after about two and a half hours. Yeah, but that was really nice. Um, I love when people come to those and those are consistently really good times. Yeah, um, felt like we had, a, we had a lot of people there. I uh, got to talk with a lot of people. If I didn't get to talk with you at that thing, I'm so sorry. Um, it's just kind of hard to get around. Oh, I forgive you. I talk to you all the time. Cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do we have to split up? Like, how, no, I know. how shitty would it be if we were just both over in a corner booth and we made people like <laughs> just wait talking for about a spot? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we were just going to go, yeah, like, uh, you know, record, uh, record something boring. Yeah. For, for during this thing. Um, but it was, um, it was really nice. Like yeah. it was a, it was a good meetup. It's a good location. Um, it was really easy to get the space. I imagine we'll do that next year. Yeah. I just called him and said, hey, can you set aside an area for us? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was nothing. Yeah. Um, kind of a pain to get to, but but not too bad. No, that's no, no. a it's, it's a Lyft or an Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had the panels we mentioned um, and then uh, finished out Sunday. Um, and then Sunday night went to the Retronauts meetup, mm -hmm. uh, which was real fun as well. Yeah, that was that was a little bit more uh, gamey for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I played a few more games, too, um, you know, because I, I wasn't there to, to kind of mingle. Mm -hmm. um, so it was nice. Yeah. Um, we got to see the uh, at Quarter World they do a Tesla Tesla coil show um, <laughs> that is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. It's like two two guys who do it. They've got a big Tesla coil set up in front of a chicken wire fence in front of the audience, and they have it hooked up to like a synthesizer that is really loud and unpleasant, which makes me think that that's part of the function of it. Yep. Like why it works, <laughs> and uh, the Tesla coil reacts to the music, um, and then they do it like they're old like. Appalachian, you know, 
comedians. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, like they're holding like, a Chautauqua or something. Yeah, yeah. Just it's very like. So what do you think? <laughs> oh yeah, like like a ventriloquist dummy, but with the a Tesla coil. Yeah, a Tesla coil named Tessie. It it is so silly, yeah. but really really cool to watch. <laughs> and, beca- um, and because this was in uh, one of the weekends leading up to Halloween, like it was entirely like spooky themed music. Like they did the theme songs to both the Munsters and the Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a, a a bitchin' version of "In the Hall of the Mountain King." Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds amazing uh, with that uh, very coarse sound. And they opened up with uh, with a cover of Frankenstein. Like, it was really neat. Yeah. We were was, sitting, uh, like, was... right underneath that thing, too. It was, yeah, we were a little <laughs> too close because it's really loud. Like, the bar gives out earplugs, which is part of why I want to know the mechanics behind it. Like why it has to be so loud and unpleasant to work. Yeah. Um, but pretty cool. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the nice thing is, like, that's, you know, right here. So I will definitely go check that out again yeah. in the future. Um, yeah, that, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah, for weekend stuff. What? Uh, let's. Um, would you? So I got a couple things from the convention that were kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, that I actually picked up. Um, and weirdly enough, uh, so we both got something for Adaptation Decay. Uh, we got a network purchase that I won't spoil. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. That's uh, um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it could be like a year of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like depending on how far we wanted to go with it. It could be an entirely new show. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, and then uh, we both picked up. Um, a repro cart of the Resident Evil Game Boy game. Yeah, that thing is boring, boring as shit. Did you, um, how, how long did you play it? Because it, it took me a little while. To, I couldn't find my, my GBA. Uh, so I found my GBA and played it for like 10 minutes or so. And it is it is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. But boy, is it still actually kind of impressive. Oh, yeah. Like it's entirely. So, so I played it for about a half hour last night. Um, I'm, I'm like gobsmacked by it. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of not uninto it. Right. Like I'm I'm kind of into it. If this yep. came out in a vacuum, uh-huh. this would be like a lost classic kind of like like mm-hmm. check out this weird Game Boy game that like <laughs> this evolutionary dead end. Yeah. It's the, the this uh like faux like it's it, it does it does a uh, uh, 3D and a 2D space in a way that I haven't seen before. Yes. Um and uh like they they it's like the fixed camera angles this isn't like Resident Evil Gaiden where you know it's top down and you're Barry Burton on a boat. Like mm-hmm. it is uh, like look up videos of this. It's even more remarkable to play it because it actually does. I mean, it's not very responsive, but like just to see it working at all. It's operational. Yeah. Um, at least like I will probably play this for longer than that just out of curiosity. Yeah. You know, until it gets like too frustrating. If it's just kind <laughs> of like annoying and hard to control. Yeah. But it, until I start like having, you know, I start dying a lot. Yeah. I'll probably keep up with it. Yeah. I'm not sure um, how far it goes. Honestly, mm. like, uh, like uh, I can't imagine hunters being very fun in, in that oh, environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, but uh, yeah, like you can straight up just like shoot a zombie. Like there are ink, ink ribbons and everything. You know. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, like it is definitely neat. And like this, I could have emulated this, but this is a cool little curio and was yeah. a way to get me to play it. You know. Well, I went over to that booth to uh, to look at their uh, their copies of the Pokemon Trading Card Game Two. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, Riff had uh had brought that to our attention, either Riff or Nick, and uh, you know, I was like, oh well, if it's if it's cheap enough, I'll go I'll go get that. It was it was more expensive than I could get it elsewhere, but I saw the the like the copy of Resident Evil. I'm like, well, I I can't really buy anything at the show because I can't take it back. Mm-hmm. So like, I pre- I always leave these shows with like a bunch of business cards for like Etsy pages and stuff that I never follow up on. So I'm like, I will drop the twenty dollars to get this weird physical relic of a game that doesn't exist but like i just want to have yeah yeah so yeah 
that, that, um, that's all I got. Like there, there were a couple of like art piece kind of things that tempted me, but you know, who knows if I'll follow up on it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get much else other than that. I picked up um, a copy of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it's called like first strike or something. It's another board game D and D variant. Oh, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Yeah. Which is not Dragon Strike or <laughs> First Quest, which is yes. a, those are the two other ones I yes. have. So like it's, it's Dragon Quest, not Dragon Quest. Yes, exactly. Um, which was you know pretty cool. It's in box. It has all the parts mm-hmm. to it. It was, it was cheap. Yeah, like um, that was their first thing on Saturday morning. Like you like zoomed in on that thing. Like you said was, that that font is a killing font on the yeah, side of that box. I can't ignore the uh, the original Dungeon Dragons like red font mm-hmm. uh, on things. So that was that was really cool. And there were some other things I thought of. Was, like, I wanted to get. I found you know a couple guys who wouldn't uh, kind of play ball. Mm. You know, which was kind of frustrating. Like. There's a guy who is selling the um, like a Super Metroid guide, oh, yeah. and he wanted he wanted twenty bucks for it, which is you know, it was in pretty sh- bad shape. Yeah, and just like I, I like, dude, like I understand that they're probably. I'm not saying this is necessarily not worth that, but mm-hmm. like, I this is gonna go on a shelf, and I'm just gonna have it because I like having guides of games I like. Yeah, um, nothing's gonna happen with us, but I'm looking. You know, it did encourage me to finally pull that trigger on that GameCom. So I will be able to report about the weird RE2 GameCom experience soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to ask if I can borrow that for my uh, hotel room next year. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it, it looks also awful, but like I don't know what it is. But something about these weird compromised versions of really good games is mm. interesting to me at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is pretty much the weekend too. It was like very, you know, very smooth and and you know, it was great. It was like a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't, uh, there wasn't tons of friction. Like it was kind mm-hmm. of, you know, to get to the other end of it. It's like, I was like, Oh, now I'm tired. And like my voice hurts. Yep. No. You know? Yep. Now I have to fly back home. And like, even the flight wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was just a, it was, it was a whole bunch of, um, it was not an ordeal. Um, yeah. is the, uh, is, is, is the way it goes. And I, I piss and moan about being tired and no travel sucks, blah, blah, blah. But like, it really is the highlight of the year. Um, yeah and uh wouldn't trade it for anything yeah yep um we also uh you know while you were in there we crossed our latest background milestone <laughs> that's ridiculous yeah so, so when i was when i was flying out there uh nintendo announced the switch which looks weird uh, you need more information but i get down and i see everybody talking about that like huh that's strange i'll read that read about that in the hotel mm-hmm. room i had my layover in uh in Min- uh, minneapolis opened it up to a whole bunch of congratulation emails. I'm like, what? Oh yeah. Well, I guess we have to start a new show now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would take much longer to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if like what combination of factors got us over that line, but thank you so much, everybody. Like radio free Midworld is going to start like mid November. Mm-hmm. Radio free mid November. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, and that was way quick between like we just had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it feels like so. That's uh, that's really really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna save the rest of the admin for after the responses, uh, which we're going to go to after this music break. Here we are. We have a handful of responses about Pokemon Yellow. 
Uh, let's start out with Christopher, who says, uh, just writing in to say shout out to Butterfree for being basically the only viable strategy to beat Brock in this version. Um, I about misread that and said Bork, and that would have been pretty fun. I thought you were going to say that uh, shout out to Butterfield for being the only viable strategy. <laughs> yep. Also true. <laughs> Gary Butterfield, the only person who has ever beaten Pokemon Yellow. Fuck you, Brock. <laughs> You say Bronk? So many great Bronk. names for Brock. Bronk, this. I'll kill you. He's a good dog, Bronk. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Butterfree is is how I did it as well. Yep. Um, and we, I think we talked about that in the last episode. How the the starters really do make a big difference. Yeah. Kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. So surprisingly. Yeah, and that's going to take us very uh, smoothly into this uh, question from Brian, uh, Doctor Static from the Slack, uh, who says uh, discussion prompt. Do you feel that it is beneficial to Pokemon as a franchise to limit the starter Pokemon economy? As an example, would Pokemon really lose anything if you were able to catch the starters as endgame content? Um, sure. Like, um, like as endgame content, maybe not. And a lot of the games, they do allow you to get, um, like you usually get the starters from old games near mm-hmm. the end all the time. Um, but just kind of putting a, you know, the other two starters near the end, um, it wouldn't lose that much, but it does kind of like miss a little bit of identity. I think mm-hmm. like if you're ultimately like, I'm, I'm, I like all of them, you know, it, it like, you're st- I guess then you'd still be making a choice. Yeah. Be fine. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to accept that they're exclusive Pokemons, I'll, I'll accept that those guys are exclusive too, mm-hmm. you know, and then they start, they introduce eggs, uh, in the, the second gen. So you can start, um, doing uh like breed you know make your your pikachu lay a bunch of eggs with a ditto and then you can trade away your spare pikachus like you can launder them so i think they kind of got around the uh the scarcity part of it yeah uh, um other means yeah i think that so that choice is important like people do identify with like oh i always pick the grass type or i always pick the, the the flame type especially later on as the starters started getting um subtypes i guess secondary types like that that factors into it as well but that kind of seems to really only be a huge factor early on in the game like yeah starters are almost always of a type that is kind of a little bit harder to get um and so like that does feel like it impacts the early game balance like we said but um i don't think it would hurt that much of anything you know if they were available suitably late enough that said pokemon yellow does feel a little bit weird specifically because it feels like that decision is made just so you can assemble uh ash's team yeah 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 and not making that choice in the beginning is kind of a bummer like look at the discussion around the starters for sun and moon and how like you know the battle (laughs) lines are drawn uh for that stuff like it is very fun that you know identifying with a starter is a big part Mm. of you know a big part of pokemon i think yeah Gosh, Gary, uh, that game comes out a day before my birthday. Oh, that's fantastic. I know, right? Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I've got it pre-ordered. I'm looking forward to playing it. It comes out right at the same time Dishonored 2 and Tyranny does, so it's going to wait. <laughs> um, probably, like, I'm more excited about those other two games. Yeah. But um, it is going to be, uh, it's it's going to be an awful slash awesome ball for yeah, yeah. feeling like I'm not going to be able to play everything I want to play. <laughs> so. Oh, well. I mean, it'll still be there. It's not like the disc disintegrates. It's not like I'm going to die. <laughs> there was time now. There was yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, Dakota writes, Pokemon Yellow was one of the first video games I ever played, and it holds a dear spot in my heart. I never forget the challenge I had as a kid trying to beat Brock, 
especially when I had no understanding of the cryptic mechanics of the early Pokemon games. Silphco was another challenge, seemingly, uh, seemingly an impenetrable maze when I was a kid. Beating Blue, or probably some form of profanity, uh, I guess referring to naming Blue that little fuck, which is mm-hmm. accurate, which he is. Sorry, that was editorializing. <laughs> Beating Blue as a kid uh, was, such a, was such an accomplishment. Uh, while looking back at the Pokemon games, I see some flaws in the design, but I can't help but have a soft spot uh, for one of my first games. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's great. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's, it just got better, but in a vacuum, like one of the things I was trying to think about in relation to us covering Pokemon yellow is like, how would I feel about Pokemon yellow if no other Pokemons came out? And I think it would, it would, I would still, I'd feel much more fondly towards it than I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's been obsoleted. It's not like it inherently would be bad in a vacuum. It's just their improvements. Yeah. I, I wonder, so for a while we kind of danced around the idea of doing Pokemon gold and silver. Mm-hmm. as our Pokemon game. Um, and now it doesn't really seem like they, likely that we're going to do that. Would that have been enough of a quality of life improvement or, or would we still have um, a lot of the same kind of concerns about, uh, you know, about just kind of it being a slog? There's still, it's still fairly sloggy. Yeah. Like soul silver and, and heart gold are a little less sloggy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just get, we'd want to do like the remakes. I feel like, yeah. Cause they just get less sloggy as they go, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it, man, what an interesting series too. The fact that they're doing those remakes that are just, <laughs> you know, they, so they put out, um, what is it? The, the new ref, uh, uh, Sapphire and Ruby. Yeah. Alpha versions, and Omega. Yeah. Which are not that different from like mechanically than like Pokemon, X and you know, y. black and white yeah. or X and white X and Y or anything like that. It's just updating those old, you know, monster sets mm-hmm. and stuff to, to kind of new ease of life kind of improvements. It's a really weird series. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that uh what I as much as I was like in favor definitely in favor of doing gold or silver at some point and like like these games a lot, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like a live episode where we just kind of cover the generalities of the series is our was our best bet. Oh, for sure. In a weird way, it's like I feel like, oh, we've we've got our Pokemon, you know, we covered Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon's, you know, super cool. I like it a lot. I'm glad we were able to do it. Yeah. But it would have just like we would have complained about the caves like so much for the first <laughs> like three or four entries. Yeah. Because as as a thing, they're pretty obnoxious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's a it's it's hard to to get across what makes Pokemon special by playing it. Right. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's best done in a place where you can kind of share the love. I guess. Yeah, hit the highlights. Yeah. You know, yeah, find find the people who like the same kind of thing and hit the highlights of the the game and the, mm-hmm. the kind of phenomenon without getting into the minutia because the minutia so often ends up being a little bit obnoxious, like. Gold and silver, as much as they are improvements over uh, the originals, um, also introduce like four new TMs. Mm-hmm. You get like waterfall and whirlpool, <laughs> and and these like other ways of of kind of crippling your team. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Something we Bummer. didn't something we didn't talk about was, and just I, I just want to bring bring this up here, but holy shit, what did Pokemon do for the Game Boy? Like, can you think of another another system that had this kind of like end of life boost from a uh, yeah. from a franchise like this? Like, well, uh, like Monster Hunter on the PSP in Japan. Yeah, there we you go. You know, but but other than that, no. Like yeah. that's that's the other big example. But and the other thing about the Game Boy is it was already a huge success, mm-hmm. and then it did it gets this like second success. <laughs> yep. You know, um, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is just a still you know a pretty good reason to own a, an OG Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I'm really glad that that Jeremy's doing that um, Game Boy World thing. Yes, because it's it's a system that like I felt like I I I feel like I thought I knew a lot more about it than I did because I owned it, but the library was way huger and I just didn't get enough games. Yeah, at the time, there's a lot of interesting stuff on that thing. It's weird so. that that library kind of bucks or doesn't fit with the kind of scarcity that surrounded playing games when I was that young. You know, mm-hmm. like so many of those are such slight experiences that you really had to call those shots with Game Boy games and uh, something like Pokemon that everybody played was a huge value. Whereas something like Fish Dude. Mm. <laughs> yeah, l- less of a value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, thanks, everybody, for for writing in. Um, continuing the uh, there is no correlation between how loved a game is and how many people write in. For <laughs> I also the, uh, didn't for give the them a lot of time, but. I don't know that that would have made a difference. Like, I mean, we, we typically don't have responses on live shows, so yeah, some yeah. people might not have been planning. So thank you for writing in. If you have anything to say about Neverwinter Nights 2, uh, specifically Mask of the Betrayer, but anything about Neverwinter Nights 2, mm-hmm. please hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yeah. Um, if you feel like you have a great Pokemon Yellow story and we missed it, uh, we always encourage you to write in using that contact form. It doesn't mean that we'll read things for games that have passed, but mm-hmm. you know we read them out loud, but we do read them. Yeah. So uh, if there's something particularly fantastic that you can uh, you can definitely share that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, this is coming out after uh, Duckstream. Uh, mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody of you watched that and participated. Um, I'm positive it was a fantastic success. And if any of us died on air, I hope you will avenge our death. I think so as well. Yeah. And uh, man, how weird would it be if like I had this this thought about uh, Duckstream if, if, like, in like a horror sh- short story way. <laughs> like if we did it and just nobody watched or donated. <laughs> like not because it would be like, oh, no, it was so unsuccessful, but because that would be so strange. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I feel fairly confident people will, will get into it. People liked it in the past. Um, but just it just being like, well, you know, viewers are zero. Like our <laughs> Internet's fine. I can see it on my computer upstairs. What's going on? You know, and just uh, and, <laughs> and just wasting our time. And God, am I, what am a shame I, that would be. Am I just playing games for 24 hours straight am i torturing myself for nothing yeah (laughs) yeah i hate this um that's actually not true everything that i've got lined up at least are things i want to do anyway so it's going to be super fun and we're recording a couple live shows from it yeah so i can't have fun without making content it's the curse of (laughs) the curse of our lives yeah yeah but um yeah thank you everybody for uh for checking that checking that out and i'm sure there will be highlights and stuff on uh on twitch and youtube and things like that yeah. yeah. And if you're hearing this and you're like, why didn't they talk about X? That's why it's because we're recording it way before. Yes. Getting ahead. Um, yeah. And if you like this, uh, if you like the show, if you want to support us doing live shows, um, being able to travel around the country, um, if you want us to eventually end up in your neck of the woods, um, two things. One, um, you know, please support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash duck TV, mm-hmm. um, that is where you can see kind of your goals, what you get for supporting us, um, what we will do in exchange for supporting us. You get all of our information there. Yeah. Um, I also want to put out a call and I, I put this out generally, but if there is a, like a cool convention or expo or a place you think you'd like to see us, please hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm still kind of looking for a second location for 2017. Yep. Uh, I don't have anything guaranteed and I feel like there's gotta be some stuff and it's just flying under my radar. Yeah. So, uh, especially if it's, you know, Hey, like there's a convention, you know, two towns over, I think that would be great. You know, um, it doesn't necessarily mean we'll do it. We, we have the budget to do, you know, to do one in addition to Portland, but, um, I want to hear about it because yes. I don't know enough about those. Yeah. It'll make my job easier. Yep. Hit him up. That is Gary Buh on Twitter. Hmm? Uh, B-U-H. B-U-H. And I'm Cole Ross on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't hit Cole up with your Expo things. He will fucking delete them with prejudice. 
but what I will likely do is forward them on to Gary. <laughs> so it, we're, we're, we have a good Twitter, bad Twitter uh, <laughs> dynamic going on. Like, hey, do you want a, do you want a cup of water or something? Do you want to tell me about a cool expo in your neck of the woods? If it was up to my partner, he would delete your tweets and block you with the speed of a thousand exploding suns. But me, I'm your buddy. And that's, that's not true at all. Um, I am your buddy, but Cole is not being a bad cop. Um, we're both good cops. Yeah. And by that, I mean no cop at all. Oh! Oh, I, no, Gary. We're, we're going to be in trouble again. <laughs> bad boys. Um, so thank you. Thank you very much for yeah. all those things. And thank you in advance for telling you about cool expos near you. Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't think that there are going to be any deleted scenes. Um, mm -mm. So just enjoy um, these next couple of days until something else comes out. Yeah. Enjoy the beauty of late autumn. Yeah. Bossa. Mumbasa.